You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley. And this week, we're going to talk about a timely subject that uh, I had to deal with when I first moved into the van and, um, you know, every few months since, and that is cold weather, snow, winter in the van, how to van life in the winter, etc. And, you know, my biggest tips and everything that I've learned from the past few winter seasons. So if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time or following me on Instagram or blog or anything else, you've heard me say before that I moved into my rig, this rig here that I'm in right now that I'm recording in, um, on January 1st of 2019, and that is smack dab in the middle of winter. We were in Denver at the time, and um, I mean, I think you can do the math. That means that it was pretty freaking cold outside. Um, The day the dog and I moved into the van, it was negative seven degrees in the morning, um, and we left Denver and headed towards Moab. Um, And the temps in Moab were at least a little bit warmer. They were in the positives, but not by much. I think uh, that that night we were in the van, it was uh, three degrees. And so the next day we drove and drove and drove and drove. It was probably one of the longest days that I've ever spent in the van in the driver's seat, even even until now, almost two years in. Um, we drove just to get to the warmest temperatures we could. And even after a full day on the highway, the warmest temperatures we could find was 17 degrees. And the difference between negative seven and three is pretty negligible, but then getting into 17 actually felt kind of like warm and balmy and like enough to go for a walk and like be outside. And yeah, it's just <laughs> winter in the van is a completely different animal than summer in the van, which I think deserves its own um, episode just on how to do that properly. But uh, since it is you know, starting to be the cold weather here in the United States. We're going to talk about that first. So essentially for me, my biggest goal uh, living in the van during the winter is to try and avoid the cold weather as much as I possibly can. Um, That's not to say that I don't like the season of winter. I I really do. I've always lived in places um, that get winter, that get a couple of different seasons, that, you know, see snow and um, cold weather and all of that. And I, I learned how to drive in mountainous places that had a lot of snow. And I, I know how to exist in the snow and drive in the snow. And I even enjoy the activities that you can do in the snow, snowboarding, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, etc. Uh, and the dog really likes the snow too. I mean, if you've ever been on a walk with us and there's any amount of snow nearby, she kind of like plops herself sideways and like swims through it. She absolutely loves it as well. The van doesn't really like the snow, though, and I knew that going into it, so I tried to be as prepared as I could ahead of time, Um, but there's just so many things that I've learned since being on the road and since having to deal with winter and having to deal with snow and colder weather. Um, When I first moved in, you know, I tried to make sure that I had a lot of blankets on hand and, like, was always making hot tea to, like keep my insides warm and the outsides. And I have a propane heater, a little like Mr. Heater Buddy or Mr. Buddy Heater or whatever. Um, 
and I expected them to kind of do the trick, make it warm, keep it, keep it happening. Um, but as I said, the temperatures were below freezing for the first many, many days in the van. And at that temperature, you really just can't warm up, right? Like the water is frozen in the jug. And so I cannot get it out to make tea with it, right? When it gets really, really cold, the air pressure changes. And so sometimes it can actually be a lot harder to light a propane stove or a propane heater if it's been very cold for a while. And because I have a bigger, you know, high top van, there's more space inside that needs to be heated in the first place. And that just takes more energy, more effort. So I'm going to share my top five areas of guidance that I've kind of honed in on over the last few seasons. And I mean, of course, like your experience is going to be different. Your rig is going to be different. Your tolerance is going to be different. Your lifestyle and your environment is going to be different. So your mileage may vary. I hope that these tips and these experiences give you a starting point or give you, you know, a different way of thinking about things than maybe you've thought about them before. So my first tip is that you have to love being cozy and like getting cozy. Some days I leave my bed in the bed position all day long rather than turning it into a table because it'll keep me warmer to be able to like be curled up on top of the cushions and with the blankets all around me than like having my body spread out and my feet near the cold floor that never warms up. And so we just kind of like huddle in blankets and pillows all day and I have my computer on my lap and we're just doing our best and it's terrible for my posture but you know, it's warmer that way. I also make sure that I sit really close to my stove so that I can keep the tea flowing without having to like get up and disturb the warmth underneath the blankets. And then also having the stove on helps warm the place. And if I'm closer to it, then I'm a little warmer because of that. I also make sure that I have a lot of layers on hand and on my body, uh, fleece leggings underneath jeans, like tanks and tees underneath sweatshirts underneath my puffy. And I always have like hats and scarves and like some fingerless gloves that I can still type with. Um, and that might seem excessive, but I mean, it's a van and it's cold and you have to stay warm somehow. And so being prepared like that is one of the ways that I do it. Sometimes if I'm driving in the cold and I'm not like hunkered down in the back trying to do work, I'll put my small lap blanket on my lap um, while I drive. And my heater does work. When I first got the van, it did not, but it does now. It's kind of a safety thing, you know, when you're driving through the mountains and it's like actively snowing on you to be able to defrost your windshield. Um, but even still with a perfectly working heater, I'll drive with a blanket on my lap to keep it a little bit warmer. And then, and then I can focus the heat from the car's heater onto the windshield. And the blanket is small enough that it like doesn't get in the way of my feet or the pedals or anything like that. It's also kind of surprising how much warmth a small candle can put off. Um, like those tall, cheap ones you can find like in the glass jars with like some kind of religious symbol on them or something. Um, you can usually find them in grocery stores or even like dollar stores or whatever. They're easier to keep in a van because they are in the glass jar and they're not gonna like melt wax all over your house. Um, and they're inexpensive and, you know, they la they burn for a while because they're so tall. Um, I know some vanners use like little candles underneath like ceramic, um, or clay pots or like, uh, aluminum pans to radiate more heat or like some of those like tiki torch type things. I personally don't use them and I've heard of accidents happening with them. Um, so I'm wary of it and I don't use them. But there's a lot of different ways that people have found to warm up a small space if it's not a propane heater or a stove or, um, or something like that. 
So as far as the first tip, it all comes down to like being cozy and like being willing to just like snuggle up underneath your blankets and like maybe not do a lot that day. The second tip is kind of the flip side of that exact same coin is that you have to make yourself like move around to get the blood flowing. So when I'm like a lump underneath the blankets all day long, I feel bad. Like it aches, you know, my body aches and I'm cold and I'm grumpy and I don't like feel good. And I just like turn into like this crumbly little hermit. Um, and you know, I have a dog, so she needs to get up and like go out for a walk and like do things as well. So, um, so while cozying up under blankets is a great solution, it's not a 100% of the time solution. You also have to make sure that you move your body. Getting the blood flowing will absolutely warm you up and keep you warmer for longer. And it'll, you know, boost your, your brain chemicals and stuff too. Um, so even if it's like freezing outside and walking the dog doesn't sound like fun at all. Um, when we do do that with appropriate layers and everything else on, we come back to the van and it feels that much warmer. Um, and you know, moving my body underneath all the layers that I'm wearing generates a lot of heat. And then when I get back in the rig, sometimes I'm like more satisfied with the temperature and I can even like de-layer a little bit just for a few minutes while I cool off. I don't always make myself get out of the van to move. Sometimes I do like tiny exercises inside the van, which sounds ridiculous, but trust me, it works. Um, because I'm uh, on the smaller end of average human, I suppose, and my van is quite large, I can move around pretty easily in the van. Like I'll even do like modified jumping jacks to get the blood pumping in the van. Um, or if you can't do jumping jacks because you're too tall or your van is too small, you could do like squats or crunches or push-ups or something of that nature and just get your body moving and that'll warm your body and it'll put heat into the van as well. So make sure that you like being cozy and like want the candles and the blankets and the tea, but also like move your body because that's healthy and really going to help your body and your brain. So my third tip would be to have the right gear. And I've talked a little bit about the gear that I have, but I'm going to elaborate on that and go into more detail and explain all the other things that I use in the van as well. Um, my rig does have windows all the way around the van. There are 11 windows total. Um, and so I have made custom-sized Reflectix covers for all of my windows. And I have a video about that. I'll link to it on the YouTube version and in the show notes as well. Um, Reflectix is kind of like metallic bubble wrap, and it does help with heat transfer. It's not magic, right? It won't prevent heat transfer. It just kind of slows it down. So I have made Reflectix covers for each and every one of my windows and 10 out of 11 of them have black fabric on the outward facing side so that it kind of just mimics tint. My windows are really tinted anyway, so it just kind of adds to the tint feel. Um, but it does make a difference in keeping warmth in the van. Um, and I know that some other vanners like will supplement these with curtains, and I love that idea. Uh, I don't personally have curtains in this rig, but I've thought about it. Um, and you can have different layers of curtains. You can have curtains that are just for like privacy or light or warmth or whatever. So you can have like three different curtains on one window, which is a lot of work, but depending on the environment you're in, it might be necessary. As I said before, I have a Mr. Heater Buddy and it works in a pinch, um, although I don't use it as often as I think most people would assume. Um, because it's a propane heater, it creates a lot of moisture and condensation, which will fog up the windows um, and sometimes it'll freeze on the windows. And I don't know if you've ever scraped ice on a window, but doing it 
on the outside of your car is one thing and scraping ice off the inside is a completely different animal. <laughs> and um, it's kind of gross and I don't like that. Um, and also if you're in a more moist climate, having extra condensation in your van can contribute to mold growth, etc. So I have the Mr. Buddy heater, but I don't use it very often. Um, I also don't use electric heaters unless I can plug into shore power or an extension cord because my personal battery setup would like die immediately if I were going to use an electric heater because they do just pull so much juice. Um, but when I'm parked somewhere where I can plug in to shore power or pull an extension cord into my van, I will absolutely use an electric heater to warm up the space. It's a dry heat. And if I have that kind of access to electricity, it's not very expensive. I mentioned earlier that I keep tea on the stove all the time, and this serves a multitude of purposes. I also uh, will use my stove to cook more often. Um, and this is like, you know, two birds with one stone because I can use the stove to heat the van and I'm using the stove to heat food to like give myself some good sustenance. In the summertime, cooking inside can be a big hassle because I don't want to heat up the inside of the van. But in the wintertime, like I will simmer and slow cook like all the vegetables all day long because the heat is advantageous. Hands down, my favorite cold weather piece of gear is my hot water bottle. Um, I found mine for like two bucks at a thrift store and it was easily the best money I have ever spent. And it's not a lot of money. Um, prior to having an actual hot water bottle, I would use my Nalgene as a substitute. You just boil water, throw it in the hot water bottle or the Nalgene, wrap it like maybe in a towel or a blanket so you don't scald yourself with it. Um, and like put it down at your toes underneath your blankets and it makes a huge difference. And the hot water bottle itself is made to hold hot water. So I feel like it keeps the water hotter longer, which is also really quite nice. And it's a good way to kind of like spread the heat out like underneath the blanket. The dog and I can both be under there benefiting from the hot water bottle. I know some vanners have installed um, diesel heaters into their rigs and absolutely love them. I have not done that, so I can't speak to their effectiveness or value, um, but it's absolutely worth looking into if you're going to travel in snowy, cold areas. Um, other vanners have also installed wood-burning stoves, um, and I've heard mixed reviews on those. Uh, they provide a lot of heat and are really efficient and totally adorable, um, but keeping small pieces of wood on hand all the time uh, takes up a lot of storage space and there's a lot of energy to maintain and like make sure your pieces of wood are, you know, only a couple inches big or like what, whatever size you need for your particular stove. Um, if I had a bigger rig, I would probably consider installing one um, during the winter months, like make it up during the winter months and down during the summer months. And that's another thing you can look into, especially if you want to winter in cold places. If you want to move into a van so that you can chase the snow and go snowboarding, you know, a hundred days a season, like probably something you should look into. My fourth piece of advice is to know your rig. As I said previously, I have always driven in the snow and prior to having the van, I always had vehicles that were capable of doing it. Um, all-wheel drive, manual transmission, like Subarus, etc. Cars that could handle whatever winter threw at us. Um, and I learned how to drive in the snow anyway, so it's a skill set that I have. The van, not so much. She's huge. She's rear-wheel drive. She's an automatic. She's a sailboat. Um, and even like the slightest accumulation of snow, she'll lose all of her traction and won't stop or turn or, you know, do anything that I want her to do. 
Um, and I figured this out the hard way, and it has been scary every time she reminds me of her limitations. Having lived in Colorado for so long, we have like two biggest pieces of advice that we offer to people who, you know, move here and haven't really experienced winter before. Um, and the first one is, you know, to treat your car like it's a yacht. Like it's not gonna turn or slow at the rate that you want it to. So start early and don't be dramatic about it, be gradual. Um, and then the second piece is to take your car out uh, to an empty parking lot with the first snow, like, you know, take it out to a grocery store or a mall parking lot when there's no other cars around after the snow is hit and like play around with it try to lose control deliberately so you, you can see where that friction point is. Uh, you can see what happens, how the vehicle behaves, how you behave, etc. Uh, in those conditions. Um, I think that those two pieces of advice I would give to anybody who's buying a rig, whether or not you really want to be in the snowy seasons, accidents happen, weather moves in as a surprise sometimes. So just like knowing how your rig handles is really important and knowing how you handle when your rig is out of control is really important because if you're if you're driving around in this huge vehicle that also happens to be your house and everything you own is inside of it and there's other people outside of it too like you want to know what your van can and cannot handle and what you can and cannot handle in a snowy icy stormy situation before you actually get there and you're slip sliding around the highway and your van isn't responding to your turning the wheel or hitting the brakes you don't want that to be a surprise like you don't want to figure this out on the highway with a storm coming and cars all around you. Another piece of gear you should have kind of relates to knowing your rig, so I'm going to put it in this section, but it's all about having snow chains or cables in your vehicle that fit your specific tires and the weight of your rig. Ideally, you will never ever have to use them, right? Like one thing my dad has always told me, like, if you need snow chains, you fucked up. And like, yeah, if I need snow chains, I didn't plan ahead well enough, and that's true, but you still have to have the chains because situations happen, accidents happen. And at least in Colorado, and I think it's true in a few other states, although I'm not 100% sure on which ones, but at least in Colorado, if you cause an accident on the highway during the snow and you're in a two-wheel drive vehicle and you don't have chains, you're going to get fined out the wazoo because that's an offense. Like you need to be prepared for the weather and your own rig. And my fifth piece of advice would be to manage your expectations. You can plan your build as much as you want, and you absolutely should do that. Uh, plan it around your lifestyle and your preferred activities and anticipated seasons. But in the end, like there's only so much you can do. It's a van. The heat is going to transfer no matter what, more than a sticks and bricks house. Like even if you use all of the insulation in the world and you spend so much money on, you know, the really high caliber stuff, like, it's still going to be cold when it's cold, eventually. The more windows you have, the faster the heat transfer is going to happen. The less insulation you have, the faster the heat transfer is going to happen. You can alleviate some of this with, like, Reflectix or by insulating or whatever, but, like, if it's cold overnight and you don't have a heater running all night long, it's going to be cold when you wake up in the morning. Shorter vans will heat up faster than bigger vans. So that's something that you have to take into consideration. Like I said, my van is quite large. There's a lot of air on the inside that needs to be heated when it's cold. But I've insulated everywhere I can insulate. I put Reflectix up and I have all my other systems in place to try and keep myself as warm as I can. 
humans, animals, propane heaters, we all create moisture. And so if you're going to have a dog in the van or you're going to move into it with a partner or a family, you have to be aware of the fact that you're making condensation. And so your windows are going to fog up, especially at night. So when you wake up in the morning, you're going to have to defrost and defog your windows. And that's going to take a lot longer to get up and get going most of the time. You're going to have to turn your engine on like 5, 10, 20 minutes earlier than you normally would to make sure that all the condensation is gone. So as with everything van related, like do your best ahead of time, but don't overthink it and overanalyze it and overbuild it and then, you know, be disappointed in the facts of nature. Have fun with it and make it an adventure regardless. So those are my biggest tips for doing winter in the van. Um, If you have additional questions about my experiences wintering in the van or what I would advise um, if you're looking ahead at the winter season that's right around the corner and considering moving into a van, uh, you know, send them my way. I'm more than happy to answer questions. I don't necessarily know what you want to know about this topic, so I'm just trying to give you a, a blanket level of information of just all kinds of random stuff that I have noticed, and hopefully my experiences can help you have a more comfortable season in the van in the cold weather. So... Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, uh, like it, give it a thumbs up, share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. And if you want to help offset some of the costs that go into making the podcast, you can contribute via Venmo or PayPal as well. And next week, we are coming back with another interview series. This is actually going to be a two-parter because we had a lot of fun chatting on the phone this time around. So do tune in next week for that. And um, I hope you guys are having an awesome week and tune in next time. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website, and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living, and until then, keep your life on the DL too.